Welcome everybody to another episode of Astonishing News and Reviews Podcast Edition. Today is a special episode. We're doing episode 6.5 and we're going to focus on the WandaVision TV show that wrapped up. And we're going to just dissect the whole season and talk about uh, all the episodes, everything uh, in to do with each specific episode and finish it off with the finale and our thoughts at the very end. So let's get started. Welcome everybody to a special edition, episode 6.5, WandaVision episode. So we want to get started and talk about some of the good stuff in here. So joining me today is my two co-hosts, my co-host D. Hello, hello. How are you doing? And my other co-host, Chris. Hello there. All right, gentlemen, let's begin. So we want to kind of set the stage here for everybody who's listening. Uh, if you have not watched WandaVision or not finished watching WandaVision, I would highly suggest you do not listen to this podcast because it is full of spoilers. We're going to dissect everything from A to Z. So if you want to watch it without any spoilers, do not listen to this right now. But that doesn't mean you can't come back later on and listen to this and hear our opinions of the show. So with that out of the way, we'll start off. And how we're going to do this is we're going to go by pairs. So we'll start off with episode one and two, and then so on and so on in pairs to the very end, last episode. There are nine episodes in the season, and the ninth episode, we're just going to talk about that individually because there's so many things going on. So we'll start off with you, D. What did you think of the first episode? So I'm still coming off the high of Endgame. I know there's been a lot of marvelness going on between now and then, but there's a lot that has happened and the bar has been set pretty high so episode one and two it was a completely different tone it kind of threw me off this tone isn't what i was expecting and it wasn't what i originally liked i do trust marvel though so i figured they're doing this for a reason there's got to be a game plan here they always have game plans going on they always sprinkle little breadcrumbs everything they do they do for a reason uh what i did like about it was we did get to see vision and wanda together again because they were honestly a good couple. They are great. Uh, it was a sad ending for him. So I'm glad we got to see their relationship take off again in this show. It was, like I mentioned before, weird. So this episode was set in the 50s. Not sure why. Originally coming into this, I was confused, like I said. And the main premise is Vision and Wanda are trying to figure out the date marked on their calendar. It turns out Vision needs to have a dinner for his boss. It's wacky, it's zany, and they're running around causing chaos trying to cook this magnificent dinner. She's using her powers while trying to hide them. Vision's doing the same. I have no idea what's going on here. Like, I do not know why <laughs> they are acting like an episode of I Dream of Genie or Bewitched or, or any of those things. I don't know, what do you think, Chris? Like, how did you feel about it? It was definitely hard to get into the first episode. I kind of stopped about five minutes before the episode ended because I just felt like it was so campy and cheesy. And usually I'm for that. And I guess it's because, you know, being such a big fan of the MCU, I was expecting battles and, you know, just 
what you'd expect from MCU movies. And I guess because I didn't see that, I didn't give it enough of a chance. But after watching more episodes and as we talk more about the episodes, we'll see why it was the way it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Did you um did you guys appreciate the fact that my you know Marvel decided to give us episode one and two together? Or would you have you know been okay with waiting another week for these two nope. weaker nope. I, I'm gonna call it weaker episodes because they were you know, people might not like that term, but I wanna call these two episodes in the grand scheme of things the two weakest episodes in the whole series. Can we agree on that? I can agree. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so you, I, I, for me personally, I think I appreciate the fact they got these two episodes right off the bat over with because I don't think I would have been happy with waiting another week to see another, you know, the episode two again because I wasn't feeling easy. Just like you know, you Chris said, I I feel that they knew coming in that these two were the probably the weaker episodes, and they're like, let's just get these two out of the way, and hopefully we have enough fans that you know understand that we're going to do a better job going forward. So hopefully they stay behind because I honestly think that they lost probably a lot of fans who are not like obviously pop culture fans, but you know, the average person watching this probably didn't like it and probably never came back because they're like, no, it's not for me. Uh, Did you guys feel that, you know, this is something that was, were, were they trying to do this on purpose or do you think they just had to do this no matter what? Like what do you, what do you guys think? Like was this something that they had to get do on purpose to, you know, get the was this even necessary? These two episodes. Um, do you feel these? Like if we removed these two episodes, did you feel that we would have lost a lot of important context? Yeah, I think it sets the tone for how eerie some of the things happen are. Like one minute it's fun and crazy and laughy. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about some of these eerie things then. Uh, episode one, what was the things that kind of made your head turn a little bit? So I was face palming the whole episode. Like, what is going on? When will this end? What's going to happen in episode two? (laughs) And then they're having a dinner and the boss chokes. You think everyone's freaking out, but the wife just starts laughing. He's like, oh, stop. (laughs) And she's treating it like a joke. This guy's choking, passes out on the floor and Wanda and Vision are freaking out. The wife is still laughing. She just she's just incoherently laughing for no reason at all. So finally, Vision decides to use his powers and reaches in and dislodges the piece of food from his throat. You would think the husband and wife would be freaking out that he almost died, but everything just goes back to normal. So right there, you know, Wanda has created this world that bends to her will and anything that she doesn't believe belongs or is abnormal it just goes around itself like it just doesn't acknowledge that it's weird so it wouldn't have been so bad and it wouldn't have been so eerie if it wasn't a guy choking and almost died mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know what did you think chris like did that pull you back into the episode i know you had to be convinced to watch it i once you saw that scene how did you feel after i i thought there was something weird going on and that's what kind of made me want to watch the second uh episode but it was the second episode that really really pulled me in and i think that was a smart part of um, marvel studios where they added in the 
what was that scene at the beginning, Elvin, you were talking about it earlier with, oh, the helicopter. The yes, little yeah. drone. The, yeah, the little helicopter she picks up in the bushes and it's it's colored red because the whole show is black and white except for that moment right mm-hmm. there, right? And you can see if you, you know, were quick enough to see the symbol of the sword, the sword symbol on the helicopter. So that was pretty interesting. And that perked my interest when I saw that. I'm like, oh, okay, this is uh, significant in some way. And then we later find out why it was significant. Um, I Before we, you know, go further, I do want to say, you know, Deborah Jo Roop, I believe is her name, the lady from the 70s show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she just looks the same as like, you know, like she, 40 she fit right she in. That show came out what, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> she looks old, like, but good. she hasn't aged. I don't know good what she her. did. Good for her. Yeah. I loved her in the 70s show. I think, I think she was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So so we get the helicopter saying we got the coughing uh, part. What about the uh, season two? Oh, before we go, uh, what about the homage? You know, every episode is an homage. Dick Van Dyke show was an homage in this one. Bewitch, as you mentioned, D. Uh, was there anything else that, you know, we've the, just done? Bewitch? Van- oops. Uh, the one part that, yeah. um, after the helicopter, was that scene at Dottie's uh, little meet with all the ladies. Mm-hmm. The pool, the the pool, pool party, party, right? Yeah. And uh, at the end of that scene, you know, obviously this is where she meets the character Geraldine, which we'll get into in another episode. But uh, after the party, there was that whole kind of situation where she was saying, you know, I know, I know who you are. And all of a sudden the radio started going crazy and I'm like, okay, something, something, something's going to happen. Something's good, you know? And, uh, it was just uh, pulling me in, and I wanted to know more. And second of all, this is kind of off topic, but when I seen Emma Caulfield as Dottie, I was super stoked because that whole back like that conversation she was having with Wanda at the pool party made you think she had a bigger part to play, and so I'm sure that made everyone think. Ooh, is she a surprise villain or a hero? Everybody, a lot of people probably said that she's Mephisto. <laughs> Don't get me started yet. You chose Do a not. woman. <laughs> you know yeah. how I feel about that. Hey, he could be anything, she could be anything, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> just to add to the speculation, I did read up on uh, an interview she did. And uh, this is a quote she said during the interview. Let me just, uh, she only played the part she came in for, which was Dottie. But she is working on an upcoming mystery project that will surely throw another log into the fire of speculation. So I'm kind of, right? I'm just, what's going to happen? Did she, did she... Did they speculate that it's going to be in a Marvel production or is it just anything? Well, when she says, uh the log onto the fire of speculation. So it has, must be something with the MCU. Watch it be unrelated. She's just marketing herself. <laughs> yeah. She's just definitely, yeah. Just trolling us. The I whole really time. hope not. And then, <laughs> um, to finish off, see the episode two, 
it was the ending of that episode which really was the glue to my sticking to it uh do you guys remember what happened i do i'll let, I, I'll let you if we're, talk, if we're talking about the beekeeper yes. yeah do you want to go on and explain that yeah I, I, i'll start it off here and then you, maybe you can finish it off uh you guys but uh yeah the, the part where you know we see this beekeeper coming out of the sewers which was weird in itself mm-hmm. right there but then she just comes out with vision says uh-uh nope we're not doing this we're, we're rewinding this that to me was the point where i'm like oh here we go episode three is gonna be a killer right i mean like this is what i've been waiting for thank god i you know didn't leave so yeah that was a huge pivotal part it was really mysterious uh kind of weird and you know you've hurt my interest in the in in that you know magical weird factor that's going on something's deeply going on here and it looks like it's going to be about to pop right Mm -hmm. so i don't know how you guys what did you guys feel when you saw that at at the end part well my first thing was oh beekeeper uh is this maybe aim and for those of you who read comics, <laughs> you thought of aim right away. Yeah, I thought of that right away. It's it's basically advanced idea mechanics. They're sometimes good, sometimes bad. They do whatever it takes in the name of science. So maybe they were trying to like bridge the gap between Wanda's reality and the real reality. Maybe they were doing a, an exploration mission. Who knows? But I saw a beekeeper and I thought aim. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chris, what'd you think? I just thought Wanda might be severely allergic to bees. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) it was just that, that scene where the beekeeper peers over and it just zoomed on Wanda's face and she's like, oh no. And it ended and I'm just like, okay, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long run. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. uh, Anybody that, you know, sat through the first two episodes and when you got to down to the bottom of the second episode, I think if they made it through that, they were definitely hooked for the duration of the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. One and two, we, there were the weaker episodes to wrap things up here, but uh, you know there were some interesting little tidbits for us Marvel fans uh, to geek out and continue forward. So we'll discuss episode three and four now, and... We'll start with the homage to episode three. Do you want to hit it off with the homage for episode three, what they were going for? Well, for what I thought it was, was the Brady Bunch. It was a very special episode. It's now in color. Uh, It had, well, this topic of the episode is is family, a growing family. I don't know what you, what, did you notice any others? What I, what I find is there's more than one homage sometimes. So did you, did you discover any other ones? Well, for me, like I, I'm, I'm not gonna take Chris's thunder because he did mention why and how he thought it was a Brady Bunch. Oh no! For me, it was the outfit. <laughs> Go for it. For me, it was the outfit, the outfit she was wearing. Yeah. Because you know that outfit is, and then what Vision was wearing, you know, and the outfits right away hit me the Brady Bunch thing. So I'm like, okay, is this Brady Bunch or is it not? And then what? Obviously, when you see. The rest of it, which uh, you know, Chris, you go ahead and tell tell them what made you think it's a Brady Bunch. <laughs> it was that uh, iconic stairwell to the second yes. floor. <laughs> That's all I recognized. Unfortunately, yeah, like immediately when I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay, oh yeah, that's Brady Bunch right there because it's it's known, right, with the Brady Bunch, and I I, I loved, and at that point I started 
um, enjoying the homages they're doing because you start recognizing. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't watch the Dick Van Dyke show. I did watch a little bit of Bewitched when they had reruns. Uh, I did watch a little bit of the Brady Bunch. So, you know, as a kid, when you see these things, you know, for me, it hit that, you know, that nostalgic, but, you know, growing up part where I'm like, okay, you know, I can respect that the work they put into it because, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we didn't talk about in episode one and two is they actually used those, those generation of equipment, you know, the camera and the lighting and the, the format they used that and they tried to stay as very authentic as they could to that era, which I have a tremendous respect for because think about working with technology that's 50 years old yeah. or older. I mean, that's crazy that they went to that detail to truly give it that that feel from that decade. Yeah. So, you know, that's another, you know, thing that you only will see something like Marvel doing. Very rare you're going to see, you know, other companies trying to go the extra mile they would probably just be happy with and content with just using CGI to kind of make it look like that decade. But these guys actually use some of the technology from that era. So kudos for them for that. And, you know, even though we said it's the weaker episodes, those two, I think just with the fact that they use those technologies, we kind of have to respect those two episodes for what they were. Um, yeah, so episode three, Brady Bunch, we have the family growing where they start introducing, you know, the twins come to a life. Uh, D, what else did you notice in episode three that caught your attention? Well, again, it was one of those zany episodes. Uh, there was more of Geraldine this time at the end. Mm-hmm. And I do like how they did introduce the twins. Originally, I thought there was only going to be one because there was a delayed second pregnancy. And then they both came and it was just a throwback to uh, the Vision and Scarlet Witch. I think it was issue 12. So that was pretty cool. I mean, I, I expected them to come, but I don't know if I mentioned this. I was one of the people who avoided the trailers. I wanted to go in blind, so I didn't know what they were going for. I, I don't know. I don't know how you did that. That's crazy. <laughs> it was very hard. I stayed off YouTube. I stayed off Facebook. It was pretty intense. Oh, man. I got no the cold sweats. It was, a, it was a harsh time, but I pulled through <laughs> and I made it. And then I need my I need my trailers. I don't know. How you do <laughs> they, they, they give away so much sometimes, but I'm glad I did it. I'm going to try again and for future installments. What kept me this time was another weird situation. So Herb is just outside trimming the bushes. And instead of a bush, she's cutting through the stone wall for whatever reason. And Vision tries talking to him and he's acting like it's normal. Vision Vision seems to be the only one who cares that he's doing it or even realizes that it's weird. Even Agatha comes Was it, Wasn't he not cutting into the brick or something like that? It was like the stone barrier between... Yeah, he went right through it. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> and he's just staring, smiling, and it's weird. <laughs> yeah. And then Agnes comes along, and she's just whispering stuff to him. But yeah. we don't know. Like, She just disregards that whole thing. You know, we didn't touch on Agnes in the uh, other episodes. But, you know, when I first saw Agnes show up in the show, I was just like, yep, she's she's doing something nefarious. you like, Mephisto. Or something. Mephisto. Uh, uh, yeah, right away I'm like, that's Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> or she is, you know, under the spell of Mephisto or something like that. My my brain was, you know, churning all kinds of speculation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we all, I think we can all say that when she showed up at the timely time she does show up, 
you knew something was up and you know that she is going to be in some way responsible with, with some of the stuff that's going on. I felt that way. Did you guys feel that way at all when you first started seeing her pop up? I think it was more so in that situation when they were whispering to each other. Uh, she was saying how, mm-hmm. you know, someone's here that's not supposed to be and she doesn't have a house. Where'd she come from? That there, it was more like, okay, what's up with this character? I want to know more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about the uh, the the bird, the stock? Uh, is it that showed up? Oh, the stork. Storks. Sorry, yeah, stork. I I've just stork. associated that with like babies and storks, but and her powers being on the fritz. Well, it wasn't Fritz, because she tried to make it disappear because Monica was in the house. Was it really Fritz, or was it because it wasn't her that brought that bird into that room? Do you think it was, you know, somebody else, and that's why she couldn't get rid of it? Originally, I thought it was, like, the pregnancy was messing with her powers. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. I I thought totally different. I'm like, somebody's, you know, messing with her in that place because they want someone to know that you know they wanted her to know that she's not really under control mm-hmm. or she doesn't have the whole place under control i i immediately assumed it was mefesto again so <laughs> Mephisto's the start. um did you think it was agnes then no not at all no not i i generally thought it was somebody of a higher power in in mefesto or something messing with her that's what I thought when I first saw that. I'm like, when she couldn't, with that red cloud of smoke came in, it, it didn't disappear. I'm like, yeah, there's somebody here messing with her and letting her know that she's not really in full control that she thinks she is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll That's give my take after. Right I'll expand on that a little bit. Well, yeah. After you're done. What I liked to. Yeah. Oh. I, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> what I liked about the episode was the part when. Wanda kind of did that memory throwback. She was thinking about her twin and it kind of showed a softer side of Wanda. Like she let her wall down and that's why I kind of thought things were going a bit wonky as she was kind of going down that memory lane. I just loved that Mm -hmm. scene because it showed that part of her that she doesn't show because let's face it throughout the entire season you see such a powerful wanda you know what i mean yeah yeah especially coming off the end game where she was basically able to single-handedly you know destroy thanos Mm -hmm. right coming from such a brutal battle scene and what the traumatization that she went through with vision everything to see her being a nurturing mother is a side that we've never seen of Wanda, right? So it was pretty uh, interesting. Um, Anything else happened in episode three that uh, I have made made of mist or maybe you guys can shed light on? Well, for me, the thing I noticed about Agnes is her initials are the same as Agatha Harkness. And she was a mentor to Wanda. So I thought that's why they brought her in. To reveal that she was the one messing with her powers eventually. Yeah. Later on. But yeah, I, there's like this yeah. this show is red herring twenty four seven. Like Marvel does yeah. this thing where they introduce an important character's name 
but it just turns out it was a cameo or something like yeah. <laughs> they did that with the infinity gauntlet once like oh there's the infinity gauntlet then hella comes oh it was a fake but i digress i don't want to go off track here <laughs> so i did recognize her initials i thought it might be her this episode's whispering made me think it was her and then my attention totally switched to the other way because Geraldine recalls who Wanda actually is and mentions her brother, mm-hmm. which mm, sets yes. Wanda off. And she basically gets standoffish. She's like, excuse me, what did you say? Now, the thing about this is up until that point, Geraldine has been helping Wanda. Like she eventually finds out this storks in the house and magic's going crazy, but she doesn't care because Wanda has to deliver these twins. Yeah. So she just forgets all that. And it seems like they're becoming close friends and like Wanda has an ally and someone she can confide in until she brings up Ultron and Pietro. Wanda physically removes her from her reality. She throws her out. And I don't know why she took that personally or what she thought was going on, but maybe one of you would like to talk about it. Chris, do you have any notes, anything to touch up on? No, that was pretty much what I was going to say is at the end when she brought up Ultron... Again, for me, this episode was definitely a bump in the series where, you know, the plot thickens, you know, there's more that we're learning as watchers of the show. So it was definitely, um, I really liked the episode. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but because it was an homage to the Brady Bunch, did you know they had an original cast? co-star in that episode really who was that uh some of you might not know but it was actually george glass (laughs) her her imaginary boyfriend yes no one can see him oh man oh you didn't see him (laughs) yeah it's like john cena you can't see him right (laughs) Uh, so for those of you folks don't know that I like to test my co-host, I'm going to do this throughout all our podcasts. So I purposely didn't talk about that scene with Monica. I wanted to see my two co-hosts would remember and they did. So kudos <laughs> to you guys okay. for doing wow, that. Thanks. Uh, yes, that, that scene was such a wow effect, especially that, that the, uh, part where she goes through these walls, Monica, and gets spit, spit right out. I thought I was like, you know, like that that was crazy. She should have been obliterated <laughs> by all means. Yeah, exactly, right? Like common physics, right? But it just just like how she was warped out of there and it shows that the aggression that, you know, the good old Wanda is back here now where she's got the glowing red eyes and says, "Get out." And then you see her spit out and she's on the ground and then, you know, you see all the sword people come in there with the you know the flashlights and all that and then you go back to wanda where she's just like da, 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 just kind of doing home home repairs putting brick by brick which everything is cool back to like it was yeah which is cool and then i you guys missed this part is when vision comes back inside yeah. and she sees him good old dead vision and oh she yeah kind of freaks out that part freaked me out you know, as coming from a person that doesn't watch a lot of horror and scary movies and stuff, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't need to see that right off the bat. I'm like, damn, that scared me a little. <laughs> and it, it it was like, you know, you get to see that she's been trying to conceal the, the trueness. And then because she was so occupied and angered with what happened 
And that little distraction, you know, made Vision be truly who he is, a dead, you know, person or a robot. And I, th I thought it was so cool how they did that. Just just give the audience, you know, make the audience, re you know, remember that he's really dead and, and she's trying to get it all, keep it all in her mind contained, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Did you want to touch on that before we move on? Anything? No. no. All right. So you guys did pretty good. <laughs> My co-host did pretty good. All right. So we'll, we'll go into the next episode. And, you know, I'm going to get Chris, you to start it off with us. Okay. What do you think of episode four? And, you know, give us your take. The one thing that I, I'm really loving about this um, series is they like to do a lot of backstories and origin stories. They kind of give us people who think about that actually visual representation um especially the part when monica rambeau comes back right after tony stark snaps everyone back to the life so, how cool is oh, that that was amazing i just thought okay this is great i get to see some kind of backstory of how someone's life has changed so much because it was what five Five years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I am gonna correct you on something. It wasn't Tony Stark. It was actually Banner. Oh. Tony actually Tony actually killed off right. Thanos and everybody. My bad. Banner brought everybody <laughs> back, and that blurp. So yeah, no, that's okay. It's a, you know you're a rookie. You know I get it. Oh. No, don't worry. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. I am joking. You you are you are so not a rookie. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah, go on. Sorry, I just wanted to point that out because, you know, there's going to be people going, no, 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 he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to get a whole bunch of comments. No, no, it's all good. But, yeah, that's one thing that I love about this series is they seem to do it in a sense where they have all these backstories, how they can incorporate it into such a short series and only nine episodes. And they did it so well. But uh, going into the be like partial of the episode is when they brought back uh jimmy and darcy i was super stoked oh, about that and i love maybe awesome. i'll let d <laughs> talk about those two well jimmy i did like him he originally showed up in ant-man 2 or ant-man and the wasp and he was kind of goofy he wasn't taken seriously as an fbi agent uh the last we see him he kind of just wants to hang out with Scott. Like he, he, he's he's a loser. I don't want to. I don't want to be mean, but that's how they they played him. He's not a loser. No, to me, I would have hung out with that guy immediately. I love that guy. <laughs> he went out of his way to learn that card trick. And he, he shows it to Monica, and their first in their first meeting, he does the card trick that he asked Scott to teach him, which I thought was cool throwback. But the yeah. thing I like about this show is they made him competent. Like, there's not one moment. Where he does something stupid, yeah, like he or says something he's good at really, his job. Really stupid, yeah. Like he's an FBI agent. I mean, yeah. There's a reason he was one. Yeah, but <laughs> just like yeah, I, I exactly. hate those uh, tropes where the bumbling FBI agent. Well, why is he an FBI agent then? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is he qualified to be? <laughs> it's America. I don't know. <laughs> hey, let's not go there. You know what? I, you no, want to just ruffle any feathers? We just lost. We just lost all of our American <laughs> audience. Oh, that, that just I'm right just now. kidding. <laughs> he's just kidding. He's kidding. <laughs> Another thing yeah, no. I like is they acknowledge each other's skills. Like, 
you know how when the two cops or the two agencies meet, they're standoffish and they just don't want to trust in each other? Darcy, Jimmy, and Monica are all perfectly fine sharing the same space. When Darcy has a good idea, Jimmy says, let's see it. Yeah, definitely. The chemistry, the three of them, well, mainly with Darcy and Jimmy, that chemistry was really good, which is why a lot of people are calling out to see a, a TV show that's the two of them. I think that'd be a fantastic TV show. It'll, it'll be nothing crazy, but it'll just be a fun TV show to see the two of them running around, you know, the country or the world dealing with odd, weird uh, situations. But, yeah, the three of them together, they they understood each other and they wanted at the very end to just solve this in a peaceful manner. Mm-hmm. Right. They recognize Wanda is a good person where else sword and, you know, Tyler, uh, what's his name? Hayward. Uh, he didn't recognize it. He just wants to just destroy Wanda. But these three were like, no, 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 she's a good person. Don't you remember what she did for us in this end game and all the other show movies before that? So we want to help her figure this out. She's just having, you know, a mental meltdown. We want to help her out. So it was interesting to see that the three of them recognized it quickly and worked as a team. Yeah. How did you feel? Did you feel that way? Did you feel that, you know, they were trying to help her or did you feel that they were just trying to solve a case? Was it more of solving a case or was it more of compassion trying to help this lady out? Compassion. The first thing Monica says when she gets out is Wanda could have killed me, but she saved me. Like she's like, she tried to like clearly defend her still, even though she's thrown out of a reality. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing I found funny in that scene is uh, when Hayward's like, okay, and what's her code name? He's like, what do you mean? All these superheroes have code names. He's like, nope. Are you sure? Yeah. Like, as we know, her name's the Scarlet Witch. We're all calling her that, but no one has ever referred to her as the Scarlet Witch at all. Never never once. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. The one thing I appreciated about this episode was we've been watching all these episodes and it's in the hex of Wanda's vision where this episode, it played a lot of what's going on in reality. So there was that nice separation of, okay, this is going on and it's imaginary, but there is life outside of the hex. I love that kind of break away, kind of give us a break from all the cheesy corniness that's going on. That's what yeah. I liked about the episode too. And it also I, like know, cleared up some some sort of red herrings. Like, sorry, that's not AIM. It's just a guy. <laughs> it's not yeah. Mephisto. It was just some guy. Yeah, it, it was Mephisto. Stuff. <laughs> um, I, what I like, you know, that part, and you guys, you know, this part is when, you know, Jimmy talks about Captain Marvel and, you know, you see Monica just doing the old, you know, roll of the eyeballs going, yeah, okay, I remember her. I want to touch a little bit on that. I want to uh, delve into this. We know, we've seen Captain Marvel. We know how they're associated. You know, going back to the hospital situation there, you're talking about Chris House, she came back and, you know, her mother died of cancer and she didn't even... You know, nobody because five years of her life was just disappeared. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get you guys' take on what do you think and why she rolled her eyeballs and what could have possibly transpired here. Captain Marvel's a weird character. Um, anytime someone brings her up, they disregard her quickly. 
Like, I remember someone's like, oh, what about Captain Marvel? And Fury's like, we don't invoke her name. Why not? She's a big gun. <laughs> like, what's the big deal? Why don't you talk about her? And this case is more hostile. Like, I don't know why Monica would not even consider talking about her or warning her. Uh, was she bitter because her mom passed away and she wasn't around? Did, some, did they have a fallout? Like, that could be anything. And uh, I hope they touch up on it. I'm not sure if they will because the show's done. But maybe it'll be talked about in later movies what about you chris yeah it was kind of one of those scenes that oh touchy subject i know the one part that i thought the reason why rambo gave that look was because she wasn't there uh for her mom's passing and those two were best friends um not i didn't think about it too much until uh theory that was brought up by elvin which makes which, uh, a, uh, which i'm gonna get into right after you yeah i'm not gonna talk about it because i know i'm gonna leave that <laughs> for you because when you mentioned that we yeah. were both like hmm that's a really good point so i will pass it along to you yeah so my theory about all this you know sort of um not liking Captain Marvel when she drew her eyeballs, roll her eyeballs. I went right back into my process of what her powers are, Captain Marvel, which is binary, and um, and then then they talk about her mom having cancer, and me reckon, remembering what I watched in the Captain Marvel movie, and, and I'm just theorizing here. It could lead up to absolutely nothing, but I'm just thinking that the binary power somehow because she used it in front of. You know, Monica and Monica's mom. And maybe somehow that radiation caused the mom to have cancer. Because, you know, I don't know. Like, that could have been one of the reasons why she got cancer is because of Captain Marvel. And maybe that's why Monica is just, you know, like, uh, I don't really care about her. And, oh, yeah, her maybe, you know, she's upset about that. And that's why she doesn't care. And we know that she's going to show up in Captain Marvel movie some way in some form so it's going to be interesting to see that relationship and how they might mend or might not mend their relationship because she idolized her when she was a little kid you know gave her that jacket in the movie and everything and i'm just wondering because when she powered up binary those two were the only ones that i know that saw her and obviously the scrolls um in um in the movies so I'm wondering if maybe that's why she got cancer, the mom got cancer, and we'll touch on more of this, why Monica started developing powers. Everyone's thinking for one reason why she got powers, but we have our own three, and we'll talk about that in a second here, or later on here. So episode four, yeah, it was a very fun episode to see them talk on the other side of the fence, so to speak. Uh, episode five... Uh, D, what was the homage and what do you think uh, of episode five? I like that intro. It had the whole family ties paintbrushy scene in the intro. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. As well as running across the field like Full House, which is kind of cute since uh, since the Olsen twins were in that. <laughs> and that's Elizabeth's uh, twin <laughs> sisters. So good. Or they're the twins. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that till like later on, like. I think it was last year somehow I kind of stumbled upon it and then I was just like shocked that that those are her sisters. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, 
what about you know the growing pains part where they're showing little baby vision oh, yeah. growing up <laughs> that was so cute so cute and weird at the same time <laughs> uh yeah so episode five go ahead t uh we get more interactions with the kids which is i don't know how i feel about the kids still like as actors <laughs> like they're fine but did they bother you did they annoy you no or did Maybe. were they a ne- or they a necessity know, I think they annoyed me when they were little kids. Yeah, with, Spar- with Sparky, right? Sparky the dog. I I think that. I mean, I don't. I don't want to sound like I don't like kids. I have two kids of my own, but um, no, I, I I just thought that was their job to be you know, annoying. Yeah, that's show, true. So oh, I'm cutting them some slack because they're not real and they were directed to be this way. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I was just happy to see you know Wicked and Speed. Uh, show up in you know into the screen because we you know uh, people who read comics know them as the Young Avengers, but uh, and which they're probably going to try to uh, develop down the road here. They're just trying to set it all up with all these TV shows, but uh, you no, know, for me like when I when I watched that episode, I was like, okay, yeah, the kids are growing. You got Sparky, and you got all these things happening. It, it's it was all right. It was a good episode. It was nothing crazy. It it was probably one of the weaker episodes. I would say just behind uh, one and two, in terms of episode that was sort of like to me it was almost like a filler episode. I I don't know. I mean, I'll. What do you guys think? Was it an episode that was really worthy of information? Or most of, of the like crucial information came in the last possible moments. Yeah. Yeah. There was that part when um, Vision was at work and his coworker mm-hmm. was acting strange. So he goes over and touches his forehead and all of a sudden we start learning some interesting information. And it just brought us to a whole new level of like, we're learning more and what's going on. You know, because if you haven't followed the movies or the comics, you know, it's a great way that they touched on that. And so it explains to new watchers what's going on. And it especially ends the episode in a, a little bit of a standoff with Wanda and Vision where they float in the air. And yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> what's going to happen? The, the... The couples fight where uh, Vision ends up sleeping on the couch, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so maybe it was not bad. I, I did like the homage they played to all these shows. Family. I like the commercials. Oh yes. yeah. We, we didn't really get it. Uh, we didn't really get into the commercials. I, I think we should kind of put the commercials at the end where it kind of ties into the last two yeah. episodes. Yes. So we'll, we'll get we'll get into the commercial. I, I want to save that for near the end. But uh, was there anything else on uh, episode 5 that you want to talk about? Well, there's a big ending. Uh, it seems pretty important if you want to bring it up. There you go. <laughs> See, there's another test. There you go. Okay, um, so obviously everybody knows the big ending with our homeboy from the Fox universe showing up. Yep. Mr. Pietro. And right away I'm like, that's Mephesto. <laughs> right? That was my... <laughs> no, it's I kept... not. He was there some way in some form. We'll find out in another in a movie, but that was such a 
massive moment in uh, social media, Marvel geeking out, all of that stuff. It was insane. I think we they broke the internet for that moment <laughs> when it happened because everyone's right away like multiverse, multiverse, mercy goes. I mean, no matter where I went, what I saw or what I read, it was multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. And I, I whether they did this on purpose, of course they did it on purpose. They were probably sitting in the back just laughing it up. Right, just going look at these yucks. Definitely. You know, they're like all oh, looking at this and think it's multiverse, multiverse, and that's typical Marvel where they, you know, want to get your attention and want want you to start thinking multiverse, but is it really multiverse? So, this is what they do. They kind of drop these little things to get you used to it and whet your appetite a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you guys think. Did you think that this was done to do that to us, or so we can get used to? the idea of seeing some of these characters or actors and character played by other movies outside of the Marvel ecosystem? I I think, honestly, it's just what you said. It was their way of making fun of the whole situation. I definitely like how they introduced him into um, episode six. You know, Wanda opens a door and she looks so confused and she doesn't understand Mm -hmm. why he looks the way he does. You know, and then it starts to make you think, oh, could someone else be controlling this? Mephesto. <laughs> I am going to okay, fire you say. from your own company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> D, D, what did you think? Uh, I'm the resident cynic, so I didn't think multiverse at all right off the bat. I thought they were really? poking fun. You never it. thought multiverse once. No, because it just like something that big. I didn't think they'd drop it in episode five of a streaming service. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't I'm not downgrading the quality of the show, but like, that wow. is a huge, huge moment wow. in Marvel look history. At, look at you poo-pooing over Disney's streaming service. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge moment. You, you realize we have Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up, right? Yeah. And I don't so... expect them to bring in like, it's me, Steve. I'm back, and I got my powers. Like I don't think I think that's safe for like the big screen. Okay, folks, you heard it here. Let's you heard it here today. If Steve Rogers shows up in any way, officially, officially re- taking his title and rollback. Okay, now you're just backtracking. Your <laughs> no, your cameos don't count. But I'll <laughs> well, touch up more can't... on why I don't think it's a multiverse thing wow, at the end. Cameos don't count. What are, are you crazy? They don't count. <laughs> if Steve, if Steve Rogers shows up in Falcon Winter Soldier. That is a massive drop. If he, if he, if Bucky has a flashback of him, you can't no, jump no, no, all no, over no, me. No. Like, oh, there's, no, 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 like, no. that's what I mean. Okay, okay, hold on. Flashback? No, no, I, I, I don't care about flashback. But if he shows up in the show and gives his two-bit, you know, um, input on these two because they're... they're Ground rules. If, if he shows up as old Steve, I would accept that. If he shows up as old Steve and somehow reverts back to his prime age and then takes the mantle of captain america back that's what i'm talking about I like they're not going to give that happening t- i don't see that exactly happening. like that no. something that big like no, big moments I'm... big but history making moments old man if he shows his old man rogers up there that's huge you know that's huge that's I... chris evans right mm, it, it, uh, but he's old oh chris do you want to you want to chime in here what do you think <laughs> No, I'm because... stepping back because I thought we were talking about WandaVision. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll, Referee. It's not the tour, guys. Just just so the just so the audience knows that we are going to be doing our weekly uh, bonus podcast for our 
Falcon and Winter Soldier. So every week we're going to be doing, uh, on the weekend, we're going to have the Falcon and Winter Soldier bonus podcast. It's going to be different from our weekly podcast. So it's going to be specifically for Falcon and Winter Soldier. So make sure you guys uh, check on your iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you're using to see when we drop that episode. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to WandaVision before we get sidetracked. <laughs> it's easy to get sidetracked with all this so stuff. So we at five and six, episode yeah, so six, we're, Del's yeah, so, Pietro War. Yeah, so Pietro comes and everyone just goes crazy and then it ends it off right there. And then, then we get into episode six. To Whoa, me, this was you're the funnest... skipping something. <laughs> am, I, am I skipping something? What am I skipping? You are skipping well, the, uh, the um, oh my god, Wicked and Speed develop their powers. I thought we were going to talk about in episode six the powers. Yeah, that happened we at the start on episode, episode six. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. I, th- I thought we were talking about um, finishing off uh, Pietro and then going into episode six about the whole Wicked and Speak. That's what I was wait- doing. Uh, That's what I was trying to. Okay. Uh, starting, <laughs> starting now. We'll do episode yeah. six. <laughs> See, you're talking okay, about Winter ahead. Soldier and Falcon. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And Mephisto. That's what happens when you sidetrack. Jeez. You kind of lose your... I mean, when people are wrong, <laughs> they're wrong. I can't keep quiet. I'm sorry, guys. But on episode <laughs> six, we get back to Pietro over here. Let's let's okay, get... Okay. Our okay. man Evan Peters. Chris, Chris, lead us off because we're going to end up sidetracking again. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, so I've already talked about the awesome introduction of Pedro and i love this episode because it has to do with halloween but i love when they played off vision and wanda's kind of classic look it was so cheesy but it was so good and um you guys recognize the tv show that they were replicating malcolm in the middle (laughs) that was pretty funny the opening from the intro yeah 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 absolutely and he keeps talking to the camera (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like who are you talking to <laughs> I, I used to love that show because Brian Cranston I'm a big fan of him so yeah definitely it was cool to see that homage from Malcolm in the Middle but D what are your thoughts so, my thoughts so the first thing I thought is for all you people who say you want the comic accurate costumes this is what they would look like <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, I know you some of like you short, some you of you like will die on that hill <laughs> some of you will die on that hill make exactly this is what i wanted okay fair enough i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie i really really like scarlet's outfit there well i mean yeah that was cool but it's i wouldn't want to see her throw down in it it just shreds it was, it was, <laughs> she throws a punch. it was amazing it was breathtaking let's put it that way and oh. uh vision yeah he was rocking that shorts the tennis shorts those are pretty with his neighborhood dope. watch oh, that was pretty dope <laughs> He's got the dad thing down. He's got his dad qualities, his dad jokes. So I thought that was kind of cool. He just picked it up instantly. It's good to see him yeah. interact with the kids and his family. Yeah. Even when they are fighting, he still has dad mode on. What about uh, Quicksilver outfit there? The retro outfit. <laughs> they they all made joke. me laugh. That was that hilarious. Was oh, man. I remember one of my action figures looked like that. It was really bad. The sculpt of the face was really bad, too. So it, it looked pretty hideous. Was it the Toy Biz but, one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. So we've got the Halloween episode here, and they're all dressed up into their crazy outfits. 
what did you guys think about um, the whole part where Vision is out there exploring the neighborhood? That was weird, but it was also, it was creepy. I loved it. I love anything creepy, let's face it. Um, you kind of realize, okay, Wanda's powers go quite beyond. But with how the people were acting, like that woman, she was hanging decorations and her hand kept going up to hook up the decoration and it kept going back down. It made you think, okay, what is going on? You know, that was super, that was super creepy. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, what? And then all the people in the neighborhood were just kind of frozen. Yeah. No one was moving, but they were all dressed up. So how'd they get dressed up? Probably started last year, you know, dressing up for Halloween. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's <laughs> crazy. What about the scene where he uh, meets uh, Agatha in the car there and he touches her head? Oh, she's like, oh, what's going on? You know, obviously she was playing along and we learn that later in the next yeah, episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll definitely get into that. Yeah, later on. Yeah, that, that was pretty crazy how, uh, you know, like she just basically laughs at him in an evil way and says, you know, you're dead, right? <laughs> so that was crazy. I was like, whoa, you know, you could definitely see that. She was playing her part, but not actually under that spell because of the words that she used to communicate. Mm -hmm. They were just out of line. Because mm -hmm. if she was under her, Wanda's spell, fully controlled by her, I don't think you're going to see her spitting out these kind of words into people, right? So, And then what about the part where Vision actually flies out to the border? You know, that was a pretty cool uh, little moment there. D, what do you think when he was at that border what do you think it was going to happen uh he would either make it out or what happened what basically what you saw and that's when i sadly realized like this world if it ends you in and uh it was kind of like yeah a stab in the heart because it's like oh no this isn't fair yeah when i saw him like deteriorating i'm like oh man does this mean that this is not the vision we're gonna get like you see just you know he's gonna it was it was a an eye opener for me because I, I I thought that, you know, there's somehow we're gonna get this vision back because I I actually genuinely liked this character vision, um you know, I really liked his version in the MCU, and I was not happy when they killed him off, and never brought him back in the End Game, and for me when I saw him deteriorating and kind of going away and I'm like oh, okay so. He's just a memory, right? He's just going to, when this is all over, we won't have any vision. So, yeah, it was a bittersweet moment for me. And then we get the little kicker with, uh, you know, Mr. Pietro talking trash to Wanda. It's oh, kind of yeah. sinister. That, yeah, that was cool. Like, One of you guys want to touch on that? That was pretty cool. Well, he's What's basically the... egging her on. Uh, Chris Chris likes this whole dark stuff. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Chris, what, what <laughs> this is all you think of that part? This is all you, baby. Go for so, it. This is when Wicked uh, senses his dad's in trouble and he brings it up to Wanda and Wanda's thinking about it. And then Pedro turns around and says, you know, you can't die twice. And then Wanda turns around and shoots him back. But how would Quicksilver know that? So that was the other spin that I just kind of picked up. It's like, oh, 
how would he have known that? And then Wanda just starts reacting and her eyes glow red and she shuts them. And then all of a sudden the hex is growing bigger. You know, it's, it was a crazy scene. It was an awesome scene and how it expanded and sword was outside and they were getting pulled into the hex. I love that it turned into a circus. You've seen the sword members and all of a sudden they're clowns now. And that's when Darcy and Vision get pulled back in. Yeah. So it was definitely an interesting scene. I liked it. I liked the whole episode. Let's face it. And yeah, it it was a good episode. Very good episode. I I liked that one a lot. Yeah. Anything you want to add to it? Uh, For me, like what I noticed this show does, that's really well is they do the red herring thing perfectly. So they did the scene where Visionist tries to escape and the world doesn't let him. So you think, okay, he's made from Wanda's memories. He is basically her emotions and how she feels, her thoughts and feelings. So he reacts the way she he's commanded to sometimes. Mm-hmm. So the reason I thought PHO is talking all weird and sinister is because he was made from the fragments of Wanda's psyche. So all her dark emotions were tied to him. Right. The same way he, when he entered, he's like, oh, I don't know. I like, I, I was dead one moment. Next thing I heard was you calling out to me. You felt lonely. So here I am like, okay, he's not real, but he's real enough for her. And she's not right in the head. So he's being weird. Right. We later find out what's going on. But anything that's weird, I, I automatically assumed was her fault. And that might not always be the case. Uh, another cool thing they do is they do these episodes that take other people's point of view and they give you just enough information to make you think it's her fault or someone else's fault. And mm-hmm. then the next scene in the later episode carries on from there and you find out, oh, okay, I was way off. It's not Mephisto yeah, that's, at that's all. The, that's typical brilliant writing from Marvel department. You're yeah. always going to have that. That's, people that's people call it basic and like kitty, but they do some pretty bold things. I wouldn't call it basic at all. I think it's just really carefully written and uh, how they connect it all into one giant story at the end is it's a marvel at its best. Yeah. Right. That's what they're doing for over a decade. So yeah, exactly. The episode, you know, it was, it was really good episode. I enjoyed it. It was probably one of my favorites. All right. Okay. So um, we'll go to episode seven, I guess. Sure. Uh, episode seven, we had, an homage play for a modern family, which I thought was really, really cool. I absolutely am a huge fan of modern family. I've watched that show since the beginning and uh, how it ended uh, about a year ago was kind of sucked because you don't want good shows to end, but uh, you know, they had a good run. All good things come to an end. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, so breaking the fourth wall. So this episode, Chris, D, who wants to take a crack at it? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, D. Me? Okay. So if I recall, this is the episode where they will sword, or in this case, Monica and Jimmy and Darcy. She's already in there. They try to go in. Um, They aren't really affiliated with sword anymore because Hayward's being a jerk. And he's really good at it. So she calls her guy who, once again, people... 
thought was Reed Richards or maybe any other scientist that Marvel has at their disposal. Turned out to be no one. Uh, I really thought I, I really thought I really thought two characters are gonna be in there were Mephesto and Reed Richards. <laughs> I really thought those two characters were in there, and I was sorely disappointed. But instead, anyway, you yes. got Agent. What's her name? I don't know. Yeah. I don't and know. Sorry. Well, I don't mean to her be name rude. Was, her remember. name was, what's her name? That's her name. <laughs> it eludes me at the what's moment. What's her name? I didn't even care. When when she said, oh, here's my friend, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, anyways, next. Uh, yeah, so Agent, what's her name exactly? Uh, what about that part where our, our boy, Jimmy, just clocks that Agent? And takes over the truck. Because he's competent. He's my boy in this. I love it. (laughs) It was so awesome. I was like, oh man, this guy is good. I like him. So yeah, episode 7, we start off with that. And they, you know, get that big military truck. And they try to ram it into that, you know, to get in there. And it just backfires on them. Mm -hmm. And then... um, we see Monica's a swing. Oh, hell no. I'm going to just do this myself. So she goes barreling through there. That whole sequence was so cool in itself because you could see all the characters that she was playing sort of all stretched out. And I thought it was such an awesome idea to do that because they could have just made it simple and she just blurps in, gets sucked in like how she did in the earlier episode. Mm -hmm. And that would have been ended and she would have just showed up in that world. But... You know, it, it was pretty cool that showed all these little things. And then when she actually gets in there, she notices all the energy in in the world. And then you're like, and then you see the her eyes. And that's when I went, yes. You know, <laughs> this is where it this starts. This is her. This is what I'm talking about right here. Spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. I was like, yes. And then, um, but, you know. Going back to what we talked about, her her interactions with Captain Marvel, this is why I want to wait till this moment to talk about it is everyone is talking about how, you know, even, you know, Darcy saying that if you go in and out three times, whatever you've been through, you're, you're mutating all this stuff. I told you guys I had a theory that how she ended up truly getting her powers. I believe she, being close contact with Captain Marvel, already had these powers mutated and all this did was just sort of you know multiply it or you know magnify it more to a higher level where it actually brought it all out which she already had sitting there all these years as a kid being exposed close to captain marvel Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's a far-fetched idea but i'm just thinking you know along the lines of what happened to wanda which we'll get into as well i'm thinking maybe the same idea that she had all this and it just needed to come out with a jolt and being going in and out of this wonder world it jolted her to get these powers do you think i'm thinking far-fetched here what do you guys think well for me what i noticed originally is everyone in that town seemed to be a slave yes like they couldn't do anything why was she the only one who retained her free will when she went in exactly right that's that's what my thinking was behind that and then how does she how does she end up with power yeah and then in the flashback episode and even this one, they couldn't drive like a heavily armored car through it, but she can walk through it. And the first time, it physically pulls her in. Why? Why did it pull her in and it rejects everyone else? Yeah. And there was that episode when she was getting x-rays done and they were looking at her molecular buildup and how it started changing. It's just like a blob of white. Yeah. 
yeah, that that leads me to believe that she already had these powers and it just needed a little jumper start. You know, like how you charge jumper uh, jump start a car. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what it was. It's just like it was laying dormant and it, you just jolted it. Here we go, right? Uh, what else happened in episode seven? I think this is where we start to really develop a sense of who Agatha is. Because during the episode, she ends up taking the kids. And we all know that Wicked's power, he can hear other people's thoughts. And when the kids were over at her house, he just comes out of nowhere and says, I really like it here. And she says, oh, that's good. And he goes on about how it's so quiet and he can't hear thoughts. And then you see the camera kind of focus in on Agatha's face like okay we need to get rid of this kid or you know do something with him because he's gonna know yeah it's you know that's very interesting you say that yeah absolutely Uh, I I found it really interesting as soon as they panned into her I'm like yep she's aware what's going on Mm -hmm. and she's really quick to pick it out D, what do you think? Mm, I thought it was one. Well, basically, that episode is Wanda's powers are going crazy. She needed a, yeah. an alone day. <laughs> All these furniture changing. And I thought this was like, just like, the pivotal moment where she starts breaking down and losing it. Like she's in denial. Things are breaking and changing around her. And she's like, oh, "I'm fine. Everything's fine. Like you're you're not fine. Clearly, why are you being so stubborn about this?" And she's not accepting any help. Vision's getting on her nerves. She doesn't care if he comes home or not. Like she, these kids who she basically manifested from her own free will, she sends off with Agnes or Agatha, whatever you want to call her at this point. Like she just wants to be alone. Why? You wanted this. You made this world. And why is it, why are you losing control of it? So that was really interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, it it was, uh, it was such a crazy scene when you see all these furniture changing like crazy and you just you're just trying to finally see that she's losing it she can't contain all of this i i thought that was uh that was a part where you start realizing that maybe she's gonna break down and the wall's gonna come down kind of thing mm-hmm. so that was like i was waiting for that to kind of collapse and cave in because it, it looked like it was on its way caved in. And then, you know, how she goes and sees Monica come into the play where Monica's like, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. You need to get out of here. Yada, yada, yada. And then she's like, nah, 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 you need to get out of here. And then she just kind of hits her with this, you know, blast. And you get to see that iconic, you know, coming down to the ground moment where superheroes put their fist on the ground to land and i'm like oh snap here we go and uh, this you know they're gonna square off here this is monica rambo saying uh-uh i can absorb your energy <laughs> and you know i was waiting for that little square off and then all of a sudden double a comes in there and kind of ruins and takes you know wanda away from the issue did you find it weird that how she didn't let them kind of duke it out and then come in like, why would she like kind of not want to see that? Because you know, if she is gonna be one of those people that want to see Wanda suffer, why not let her get beat up a little bit? 
I think it was part of her plan, which is the final scene in that episode. You know, she knows what's going to happen. She can't really have Wanda be completely damaged if it came down to a huge battle because we'll get into the fact of why she's so interested in Wanda, you know. I think it was yeah. just her plan. You know, she she might not be in control of what's going on in the hex, but she has she still has full control of what she can. Like I don't feel like she was ever under the hex's spell. So it again, it leads into the final scene of the episode. Yeah, definitely. I, I do want to kind of touch base on Hayward. What did you guys think of him as a character? I just wanted to, you know, talk about him because we didn't get a chance to talk about him, and he was in some of these episodes. Uh, D, what did you think of Hayward, and you know how his character was throughout the episodes? Uh, he was a perfectly fine like villain, if you want to call him a secondary villain. He did his job. He made me hate him. And he had that smug face while he was doing it, too. So kudos to them. Chris, what do you think? Um, I'll be honest with you. I knew he was a character in the series. I just didn't really care for him. You know, in um, the last episode, I'm glad what happened happened. So I don't. It's funny. I should have a, a point of view on him, but I really don't. He wasn't for me one of the main characters. Obviously, he well, was like but... he's a non-factor in the yeah, grand exactly. scheme of things. It's like yeah. you're getting in the way, sir. <laughs> Get out of my he... episode. <laughs> he he was a very for me. He was not a character that I care for like you guys, but there was a little bit of mystery behind him as to like why is he so like interested and in, invested in you know this whole scenario because i mean if, if it's self-contained why would they care and obviously we find out later on why he was so invested i did like the fact you know the part where you know the drone was sent in you know one of the episodes and you know you had monica you had darcy and you had jimmy just basically being lied to about the drone because it was armed and it was ready to kind of kill this family and then you see Wanda just, you know, come out of the, the hex and throw the drone right into his you know, feet and said, you know, just get out of here. And I believe the accent, the Sokovian accent came in that time too. I could be wrong. It just yeah, goes it in and out. The so yeah, Sokovian accent goes in and out. But it was so cool because we all know, the geeks, all of us know who, you know, Wanda, a.k.a. Scarlet, Scarlet's dad is and that moment where those guns turn around and pointed it at <laughs> Hayward is you know sort of pays homage to I guess Magneto from the X-Men movies and one of the earlier movies where he did that to a bunch of police officers and had the guns turn around pointing at them mm -hmm. I geeked out when I saw that I don't know if you guys remember seeing that did you guys think of Magneto right away when that happened because I sure did no my mind didn't go to him actually I mean I can see why it would. I just was like, oh, Scarlet Witch is being so cool right now. Yeah. That's why I was just focused on that. Was like, oh, I immediately thought of Magneto. I'm like, oh my God, they just did this. Uh, whether it was on purpose or not, but it was, you know, right away, it, it made me remember that Magneto moment where he 
pointed the guns right at all the officers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Hayward was just a very uh, annoying uh, speck of a character that I just wanted to get out of my way, just go away. But I always, you know, in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, this guy is here for a reason. It must be for a reason because to set up the whole base camp and all that stuff, they're not you know, looking at the well-being of the people in there. They don't care about that. They're caring about some sort of technology base because that's what they what they are. Because he established that to Monica when in the, you know one of the early episodes that you know they're looking at a uh, technology and working on certain things. So you know, the, I always thought there's something underlying, something's happening underneath here where he's not really being forthcoming to everybody. So, and then we find out later on as to what it is, and we'll get to it in a bit. But was there anything else from this episode that kind of Perked your interest? Well, Anybody? the ending. When okay. um, Wanda goes to... The... Huh? You mean the end credit scene? <laughs> no, where Wanda goes to pick up her kids from uh, Agnes's uh-huh. house. And yeah. she's calling for them. And Agnes is, oh, maybe they're down in a basement playing. <laughs> and she... it's always that basement oh yeah always ba- oh, always basement it's where all the fun is uh so wanda goes down there and she noticed it looks like you know stones from back in the day and then there's roots and it's glowy and then she walks in and she's looking around like what is going on and there's runes on the wall there's cupboards with books and then that's when Agnes comes out and reveals herself yeah that, that was pretty you know all the symbols on the wall and stuff that it was pretty pretty crazy and, it, and then you know all of this time you know anyone who didn't think that she was involved in, directly had all their answers you know you know all their questions answered right away as you know double a was totally involved in this whole thing was you know working the magic and then you know the flash backs to all the things that she was interacting and how she was involved i thought that was pretty cool you know the part where she was talking to vision about the car mm-hmm. um how introduced pietro at the door this was all her doing the whole time and uh it was so cool to see her you know finally being recognized as the villain in the show yes. and you know it, it was so cool I, I thought it was really awesome what about the end credit scene or mid credit scene is that the Agatha intro no well, the or the uh, or the white vision yes yes it was the the white vision that's where i you know i said okay this is the hayward this is why he's here and all that stuff you know, that's where they paid off. Not only did they pay off Agatha as a villain, but the sub-villain they paid off as well as to why they're both here and invested into this particular situation. So it was cool how the in one episode, they basically showed both villains' interest as to why they're there. So I, I thought it was pretty, pretty cool to get it done near the end, both of them. Um, anything else before we move on to episode 8? Not for me. Nope. Okay, so... Alright, so... Episode 8. This is, 
you know, we can all call it origin story episode. Yes. Yeah. So it starts off right away uh, back in hundreds of years back talking about how Agatha is part of this sort of cult of witches and then she's put basically at the stake and she's being tried for her crimes and you know the whole situation where they all the witches kind of stand in a circle and basically try to abolish her or burn her with magic and we see her just kind of absorb all this and just kind of laugh it all off and just basically take all of their powers within her and it shows how powerful she really is and it also shows that you know she doesn't care for even family because her mom's right there and you know maybe some sort of leader of the cult because she's wearing a little crown and she has no remorse she doesn't care she was just fueled with you know evilness and then she's just like no i don't care for my mother i'm gonna kill you too and she goes and she has a little bit of a fight in her to really want to kill her mother because it wasn't like oh you know you're part of this circle so you're going to be involved in this accidental death but it was like she went all out to just kill her mother and then show the evilness inside her which was i thought was really you know like really well depicted and you know how they really wanted to show that she has no mercy for anybody yeah so, she wanted her powers yeah she was very consumed by this want of power right where she will stop at nothing. So I think that, you know, they did a good job of giving her this nice uh, backstory of as to who she is. Because if any anyone was thinking that maybe she might concede and just want to be, you know, work with Wanda, that was all thrown out the window when you see what she did to her mother. Mm-hmm. Right? It's because, you know, everyone thought that maybe she would work with Wanda because she's already been working with Wanda this whole time and keeping you know, things peaceful in this little bubble. But that was thrown out the window when they saw that what her really, what her agenda was. Yeah. Now, what else was you know, very interesting with that? Did you guys have a take on it, the scene? There was anything else that you wanted to add? No, it was very just Salem Witch Trial. We've seen it before. We've seen it in Hocus Pocus. We've seen it in any <laughs> other witch movie. So it was, a, it was a good way to just get it out of the way, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What about... Uh, there was something you were talking about, Chris, before about the, uh, the the rat, uh, the bunny. Oh bunny? yes, um, that was one little Easter egg. I don't think a lot of people might have picked up right away. She was talking about her bunny's name is Scratch, and in the comic, uh, Nicholas Scratch is her son. So is that him in bunny form? But the most interesting thing is like, I wondered why I heard that name before and they actually used that name as a character for uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. There was a character named Nicholas Scratch, which I thought was quite interesting, but it's going to be interesting to see does he pop up for a cameo? Because this is leading into uh, the Doctor Strange movie. Is there? Are they going to play with it, or was that just thrown in there as like a little? Well, I mean, thing for the it, fans. We love Marvel for doing this, and we're going to get into Easter eggs uh, right after this. But 
yeah, it's uh, interesting how they do these little deep cuts of Easter eggs. And then unless you're actually, you know, reading these comic books or well-versed in this world, you're going to just miss it. But, you know, that's why you have, like, geeks like us trying to tell everybody the Easter eggs, right? So, yeah, that's pretty cool that Nicholas Scratch was kind of um, Easter egged in there. So let's talk about the other origin. So there was, you know, her origin, AAA's origin, but what about uh, Wanda's origin, which was an eye-opener, you know? So good. To me. Yeah, so good, right? Uh, yeah, what did you think, Chris? What do you think of the origins of her? I, I, again, when it comes back to anybody, if there's an origin story, I want to know. And it was great because we got the basics in the Avengers Age of Ultron. You know, the twins um, volunteered themselves to get these powers. And, you know, there's one thing I'm not going to touch on just yet because I want you to talk about it. You were excited about it. Um, Where, you know we know her in the comics as already being a mutant. She already had powers. So I didn't understand in the movie, they got their powers elsewhere. So it was different. And I love that they kind of clarified that, you know, maybe she already had her powers and the volunteering she did Mm -hmm. enhanced her witch powers. Because they're calling them witches and it was just such a great story i loved learning her history from when she was a kid i'll let one of you guys talk about that part but for me it was just that whole history of the scarlet witch that makes me more invested into knowing more about her and maybe picking up a comic book uh looking more into her you know creating another fan yeah, that's, definitely. Yeah. It, it was full circle, basically, uh, with that part of the origin tales to go back to Sokovia. Uh, Dee, what did you think about uh, her origin story in the MCU? Um, originally, her getting her powers from uh, just experimentation, I believe it was because they didn't have the rights to mutants, so they had to think of something quick and efficient. Now that they have their rights back, I'm curious if they're like, oh, we might as well use this, or if they had this plan all along from the beginning. I know Marvel's very good at rolling with the punches and then coming up with ideas as they go along, but I do also realize they're very good at planning from the start. Either way, I'm happy that this news came up and came up the way it did. Because originally when she was telling the story about her and Pietro, uh, am I allowed to talk about what happened or... Do you want to talk about it? No, 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 no. You go ahead. Yeah. So back in, I think it was Age of Ultron, when she was a kid, there was a, a civil war going on, and her house caves in on her and her brother, and then a bomb mm-hmm. lands in front of her. It was a Stark bomb, and that's all she saw for two days. She tells this story, and the audience doesn't think anything of it. We were just led to believe it was a dud, but then Agatha chimes in, and she's like, oh, okay, you... You think you didn't do that? Like, you basically think a bomb didn't happen to just blow up in your face? You think you had nothing to do with that whatsoever? And it was really cool because so far, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone in the Marvel Universe with powers 
has gotten their powers through experimentation of some sort or a drug or armor or born with it who like who else would who else would be born with it i'm not sure like she would be the first one superhero wise who was born with her powers or is there anyone else well thor yeah i mean he's a god though i mean like like human wise well, if we're talking about well, you said any character, right? I, yeah. If you're talking no, about no, human, but like, yeah. is he? Yeah. Is is there any other mortals that? Like, I could be wrong. Well, I just can't think of any well, off the about, top of my head. What about Pietro? Pietro, we, he could be a mutant yeah. too, because they're siblings. Like now that they're yeah. allowed to use mutants, is this them saying, "Well, here's this person with powers. Her brother probably had powers too. They were just unlocked yeah. because they went through the same treatment. Like, it'd be cool well, if that was the case." Or why not even why not even go one step further? I mean, I mean this is just speculation. But what if they were not really her parents? They were actually just adopted kids, and her parent, real parent, was Magneto and Magneto's wife. You know, which I is mean, another like that's a cool thing too, because this whole like I know it's a necessity, but legal and ownership <laughs> it just ruins things. Because yeah, when Fox I mean, had the rights, Marvel I, I couldn't think... use the term mutants. Like it was just messy, right? So it's cool I think now. This, th- I think this was thought of after when they got the rights. I think they skirted the whole thing during the time when they didn't have the rights and yeah. just gave that story. And then the minute they got the rights to the word mutant, they're like, oh, okay, so now we can actually develop star, uh, you know, um, Wanda properly and tell her story that we're supposed to tell her story. And so let's, yeah. let's find out how we can do this. And they just being Marvel as they are, they just brilliantly tied an existing old movie storyline and gave it new life and gave it a new sense of direction, which is what they do and what's that's the magic behind Marvel's, you know, engine, how they're able to do this and their writing team behind it. And, you know, I, I think that was such a, you know, huge payoff just, you know, when she said, Are you sure it wasn't the dead bomb and it was you? And I thought the one you know when you see her hand go out there underneath the rubble and you know stop the bomb going off and you're like yeah so it wasn't the mind stone it wasn't the experimentation those just enhanced it um, and brought it out mm-hmm. but she was actually born with this power and honestly like what what that also made me think is this is just a tip of the iceberg of what she can do she fully doesn't even understand her powers yet right and that made me very excited to see because I know her as a character and I know how powerful she really is. And, you know, people saw her fight Thanos and thought that was great. And I'm like, no, no, she's far more powerful than this. This is nothing, right? So, yeah, it, it's nice to see that they went to that, you know, mutant direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more stories unfold with characters developing powers from them within themselves and not being experimented on and getting it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm also um, curious now because, so this is a more legal messy stuff. It is still tied to Wanda. So I'll talk about it, but it could be a big thing for comic book readers as well, because when Fox used Quicksilver and Magneto and like the X-Men was it first class Sega? I don't know what you want to call those. They made Pietro and or Peter and Magneto, father and son. Marvel Comics, the like the actual book, said, okay, fine. Since we own Disney and we run the MCU, we're changing this in the source material. 
Wanda and Pietro are no longer Magneto's kids. Since the MCU couldn't use them, then fine. You can have them as father and son, but it doesn't mean anything to all the like the, the super fans. But now that they're allowed to use them again, will that revert back in the books? Because that would be a huge change again for comic readers as well. I don't know if it's too messy to keep switching them back and forth. I personally like them related. It was a toxic father-son and daughter relationship, but it was one I loved. It was just cool seeing their interactions. So I hope this change in the MCU reverts back in the books as well. I honestly think if they're going to go this length to bring uh, Scarlet Witch into the fold and bring the true Scarlet Witch into the MCU, the length they went to do to develop this character, I mean, they basically used an entire season just to develop this character. Right? They, They... spend so much time and energy to develop one character i don't know how we don't see magneto in some form come to the mcu and say you're my daughter you know and that you were adopted this whole time because during the world war ii when the nazis and the jews i was captured and you were separated and your you know adopted parents in sokovia took care of you or i don't know like i mean there's got to be a way they could tie it in uh, and I'm sure they will tie it in if they want to, but seeing how much effort they put into developing her, I don't see why they don't give that to us fans because I think a lot of true fans want to see that tie and want to see Magneto embrace you know, her daughter, even though they have a rocky relationship. I, I really want to see that. And, I mean, let's see. I, oh, why? Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say kind of building off what you're saying i completely agree but mcu can think of okay they tied up the ends of how quicksilver and scarlet witch were brought up and how her parents died if the mcu was smart they would easily be able to do an x-men movie where if it has magneto in it instead of scarlet witch they could actually use polaris yeah i mean I mean, you you could go any direction. We don't know. I mean, we don't know what direction. They might even pull Magneto off from a different universe, multiverse, right? So we have no idea what sense of direction is. Personally, I would say that I would love to see the tie-in as Magneto being the dad because that's what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I mean, you know, you're probably, you know, used to seeing Polaris being the, you know, the attention there. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, but the fact that they went... Uh, you know this direction and going back to tying her into as as this is her origin powers it it shows that they're trying to use all the all the rights that they've gotten back now they're really putting it to use Mm -hmm. they're just not sitting on and saying yeah we could say it if we wanted the word mutant but we're gonna do it in a way where you're gonna say the fan as they're mutants and we're gonna just indirectly push it towards you slowly Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so origin story for both characters was uh, really good. What did you guys think of anything else that happened in the show? Was there anything else that caught you? Like, for example, we can go back and talk about the um, the commercials. With the first one being the toaster with the blinking red dot. That was obviously to pay off the Stark bomb with the blinking light going off. What about the, the other commercials? Yeah. So what about the other commercials, you guys? Um, well, there's the Strucker watch. 
what she's basically the reason they she's the way she is. Yeah. And then you had the the sleeping was it the anti anti depressing pills. pills, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I take those. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you think? What is that tied into her just being depressed with you know having vision pass away? Well, didn't didn't they say in a commercial you can have your world any way you want it? Yeah. With these I mean, pills. Her, I think so, it's just a which uh, reference. Yeah. yeah it references. On the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about uh the shark with the jello pudding or something? What does he say? I, I feed off your one. magic is basically Agnes feeding off yeah. uh, Wanda's uh, magic. Sucking sucking the life out of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He can't utilize it correctly because she put the runes up originally. That was one scene. And then when yeah. she was able to, she just fed off of it. So And then the other one was the earlier one was a soap, right? Was a soap? Yeah, the hydro bath soap. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it actually, actually sounds relaxing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that, you know, they come out as a merchandise. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Can you imagine them rolling out a toaster, soap, (laughs) um, (laughs) jello pudding? That'd be so much fun. Uh, Hopefully the antidepressant pill, they don't do that because there's going to be some people that actually would take that just because there's a Marvel on there. (laughs) Uh, Anything else we want to wrap into episode eight here? No, let's get on to nine. What what about the mid-credits scene? Oh, yes. Where Monica opens up the, well, she goes around snooping at Agatha's house, right? Mm-hmm. And she opens. I found up, that to be um, useless later on. So <laughs> I'm very <laughs> choked about that. <laughs> I was thinking that she was gonna go in there and just you know tear Agnes a new one and get her friend out of there, and that that would show Wanda that she's actually a friend, not a enemy. But instead. And we'll talk about an episode nine here. All right. So the final episode, the grand finale, you know, the tear jerking finale, whatever you want to call it. It starts off right away with a bang because you had Agnes in the streets, you know, lassoed the two kids with their, you know, the next uh, kind of being suffocated by her. As if she was like riding horses, right? They could have uh, just walked backwards, but that's neither here or there, I suppose. <laughs> or maybe she was pushing them forward. <laughs> yeah, right? I just really I hate mean, those kids. <laughs> maybe their kids were trying to do a moonwalk back, and she's like, nah, 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 we're not doing that. We're pushing you forward. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, which one of you guys want to... Do you want to kind of start it off? Uh, basically, this is what everyone was waiting for. Uh, you have some battles. You have Wanda basically trying to hold her own while realizing every time she hits Agatha or double A's refer to her with her powers, they get drained from her. Uh, the things that I really liked was they mentioned the dark hole, the book of the damned or the book of sin. And this book seems to appear in more than one Marvel universe. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same book in each. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Um, that part specifically, uh, chaos magic. Oh, her right? chaos magic. Chaos magic. Yeah, let's let's 
to dive into that because there's a lot of theories out there. Um, we had a theory we talked about, and I know you know this character well. And what did you think when you heard Chaos Magic? Did you, you know, what do you do? You think this this character that we talked about could be a possible threat? I didn't think he'd be a threat in this show because they're very good at doing Easter eggs or they're very good at using words and then not touching up on them at all. <laughs> but then again, he could be. So I don't know. It's hard. It's hard now. And it's not a bad thing because I like being left like left wondering, you know? I don't want to just guess everything. And what yeah. what that does for me as well is it makes me appreciate seeing how many people that were smug going in trying to predict everything have that thrown back in their face like yeah it's nice that you read house of m and you rest read west coast avengers and all this but we're the mcu consider this an alternate universe mm -hmm. so not everything you know going in is going to be the same like we're allowed to change things it's not a page for page shot so there is a reason they use the word chaos magic though and i think um Basically, yeah, well, they, they could have said magic. They could have said something yeah. else. But they they kept they harped on the word chaos magic, and, and every time it was all... used, like she gasped, like Agatha, like oh my goodness, oh wow, like she was in awe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize what you are? Like they they drew attention yeah. to it. Yeah, definitely. They're really trying to harp at her that she doesn't have any clue what her true powers are or what her yeah. power limitations are. Or limitless powers are. It's basically like re reality warping at a whim. Like it's the, like yeah. not even the Sorcerer Supreme to believe it was a real thing. Oh, that was a real kick in the pills for me when I heard that. Yeah. I was like, oh man, you got to dog my guy. You know, like I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. Like, ah, oh, he's nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, uh, what, what, what do you think, Chris, uh, from the opening scenes? I was, the one thing that I really liked about the episode, obviously, was the battle between them. Because uh, I feel like during the battle, Wanda was throwing magic at her and they were flying around and she just keeps throwing energy balls at her. And it's just like, why is she just, doesn't feel like she's really trying to do anything. And at the same time, it also kind of feels like she's a scared of herself and you kind of get that at the beginning um when her kids are kind of tied up and her hands start turning black it's like she's afraid of what agnes is telling her and throughout that battle it just it almost like she went dark phoenix you know there was that point during the battle yeah. where she flies behind her and she snaps and Wanda disappears. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, there's so many good things about this episode. And that was the main thing that stood out to me where she at first was afraid of what she could do. But then once she realized how she can utilize her powers. That's when she took control. Obviously, we're, we'll probably see more character building in Doctor Strange, in a sense. You yeah, know, there's and, always those montages. Like and, and movie we'll montage. On, we'll touch on that as we get near the end of this uh, this uh, 
episode. But um, yeah. let's talk about the uh, visions squaring off. What did you yes. take from it, Chris? What do you think about the two visions squaring off and how it concluded? I thought it was just. I thought it was going to turn into like this huge battle. And then I remember, was it D? We were kind of talking about it earlier, um, how he was doing it more intellectual. Yeah. And isn't that just a, such a vision thing to do, to just go straight into intellectual? <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> I remember that part where, you know, he first came out of that chamber in Ultron and they're all trying to see if he's worthy and he's, you know, is he a good person or not? Should we be trusted? And he just... He just starts talking, mellow, and just like da, da 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 and then he just grabs Mjolnir and just goes, "Oh yeah, we might, you might need this Thor," and then let's go. And everyone, everyone just like, "Huh?" <laughs> like, all right, I, I guess we could trust this guy. He's worthy. He just picked it up, which was yeah. so cool because you know everyone's like, "Oh, you know, Captain America picked up Thor." I'm like, "Did it, everybody forget that Vision picked it up too?" Like, I mean, nobody's talking about that moment. Everyone's just always talking about Captain America moment, right? But yeah. it shows how pure he is um, as an android slash synthetic human, if you want to call it. And yeah, I mean, sorry to cut you off there, but I just no, no, no. definitely wanted to uh, say that, you know, how his character has always been this, you know, theory and, you know, just calmness kind of character where he doesn't, you know, doesn't want to resort to violence right away. He wants even... You know, when that very end of Ultron, where he's trying to talk to Ultron, right? And even though Ultron is, like, breaking apart and wants to kill Vision, he still has a conversation with him. And, yeah, I mean, you want to finish that part off, and I'll, you know, D will finish his part on what he thought of the Visions. Did you want to finish it off? Anything else you want to add to it? Uh, I thought it was interesting that they brought in the White One, because he was White in the comics at one point. I think it was uh, called Vision Quest, actually. And then in 1989, he basically is devoid of all of his emotions. And the run goes on for years until he gets his emotions back. The last we see of this vision is Wanda's version restoring his memories. Uh, They basically have a debate saying, well, you're here to kill me, but I'm technically not the real vision. You are. You just lack the memories. Also, you do have new pieces, so are you, in fact, the same person if pieces of you keep getting replaced? What's the original and what's considered new? So they have this debate, like Elvin described, and it's left with Vision flying off. You don't know what he's going to do at this point. You don't know if he's going to go self-reflect. You don't know if he's going to go seek revenge against his creators. You don't know how he feels or if he has any feelings at all now. So I'm curious and excited to see what they do with him. I hope we don't have to wait long, but we probably will. Fingers crossed we don't. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you guys feel about White Vision or what you think they're going to do with him. But Chris, what do you think? What's your theory on what's going to happen with him going forward? Um, So my overall of this series was amazing. It was a bit of a rough start. I'm glad I hung in there, and I'd recommend to anyone who is an MCU fan watch it. You will not be disappointed. The first episode, like I said, it's cheesy, corny, but it just gets better from there. It's like it's all uphill and there's no point where it's downhill. 
A plus. I love it. I cannot wait for Doctor Strange. Okay, well, hang tight with there. Well, that five percent rule. Hopefully, that will last you through the end of the episode. But yeah, definitely, uh, I agree with you on some of the points there. Um, for me, uh, the whole you know the whole vision thing. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see because now he is Vision two point if you want to call it, and how they go about it. It's going to be pretty interesting, and I hope that he comes back as the original Vision. And the fact that he took off is very very interesting and weird at the same time because if he is really vision he should have stayed and helped but maybe because all of this data being thrown into his you know systems it might have just kind of overloaded him like you said d when he just shot off and wanted to go reflect and figure things out uh the whole you know the whole wrap i'll, I'll kind of wrap it up uh, for my take in what happened in the end how wanda tricks agatha with her own you know symbols and traps are in there and you know, finishes her off kind of thing. I thought that was brilliant. It showed mm -hmm. that Wanda was paying attention to all these things and she wasn't just full of rage and anger. She's actually mm -hmm. very smart. So that was cool how they portrayed and showed her the intelligence she has. And, um, you know, the whole sad part of the end where, you know, everything's closing in and the family goes into their house. It was really, really, you know, sad to see that, you know, she's going to lose her kids and she's going to lose her husband it, it was really tough to watch and but you know it was coming and you know even if you want to prepare for it you really can't because this is you know such a you know it's family right i mean having a family of myself like it's such a you know it hits you hard and you know in, inside and i thought they did it as the best as they could in a, in a classy way and mm -hmm. um you know now i don't even want to call her wanda i want to call her scarlet because she's embraced that she is a scarlet witch now and um, I, I want to quickly jump into uh, the end credit scenes, the two of them. But do you, you want to finish off what you what do you think of it overall? Uh, overall, I loved it. Like I have no well, aside from the first two episodes, I have no complaints technically. <laughs> uh, did yeah. you want to segue into the the well, end I just want to give you what's your overall thought of the entire series? Is it a must watch? What oh, do you a must think? watch, must watch. Yeah, I, I think we all can agree that it was a must watch, and we. You know, definitely need to tell people about it who haven't seen it, and or whoever walked out on episode one and two to go back there and watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's much a lot like of trust I did, me. It's worth it. Yeah, much like I asked you two, you know, folks, these two did walk out on the show. I didn't. <laughs> I so didn't walk out on it. I I, I hated it. I had it. to tell these two guys to go back and watch it. I I stuck with it, man. Uh, look at look at I you. I was look gonna watch you. a I, second uh, episode, just not the last five it's minutes. It's Marvel. I'm gonna stick one. with it. <laughs> Oh, okay. I just begrudgingly did it. Anyways, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Definitely all of us agree this is a must-watch. It's a fantastic uh, show. Let's talk about the end credit scenes, the two of them. Let's talk about the first one where you've got the, you know, one of the scroll members that was working with uh, Nick Fury basically take Monica and tell her, hey, listen, uh, boss wants to see you up there in space. Um, I think it's going to be a start to her story arc and maybe she'll be a part of Secret Invasion and she's going to be obviously a part of Captain Marvel. So it's going to be interesting to see how she reacts with Nick Fury and her relationship and then they're going to be going into space. So that's cool how they laid that foundation to start. And then let's go talk. Um, so I just want to give you guys quick tick takes. What do you guys think of that? That whole uh, first end credit scene? I thought it was cool. It set it up like you said. 
Um, I'm hoping that Skrull was Talos's daughter from the original like Captain mm-hmm. Marvel movie because yeah. they were friends briefly, yeah. but I think it'd just be a cool throwback that they still yeah. interact when possible. What about you, Chris? Uh, Chris, what, Chris, what do you think? Uh, I was ex- excited because when she transformed, you know it's a nice lead into another movie. And that's the thing is both end credits, they were separate lead-ins. I'm just super, super stoked to see what's coming for Captain Marvel and then what's going to be happening for Doctor Strange. I'm I'm just, yeah, I cannot wait. I want it now. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of the Doctor Strange part, when, you know, we see Wanda in her in the mountainside and then you see her sipping up her tea or coffee and then the camera goes inside the cabin and then you see her in the another room flipping through the pages and you're just, and you know and then you hear the kids in the background yelling and you're like oh snap you know there's these kids are still around right they didn't really die they're in a different verse and then you're like all right this is what's going to happen in the multiverse she's going to try to look for them dr strange trying to, trying to root them i thought it was cool um I can't wait for Doctor Strange to start. I did want to do want to tell you two things about the book. If you go back and look at the book when she opens it up, there shows, you know, chaos of uh, that gentleman that we want to talk about. D, you can touch on that. It shows a picture of what he might be, and then on the left side you see all these circles, and that to me looks like multiverse. So I think she's oh. learning how to travel through multiverse in that book. Interesting. Yeah, so if you go back and look at that, do you, you want to talk quickly about the, the character from Chaos Magic? So that mountain that you saw Wanda at, I think yeah. that was actually supposed to be Mount Wondergore. Uh, in the comics, okay. that's where Wanda was, like, she grew up and Agatha raised her. But it's also <laughs> yeah. the mountain where they imprisoned this elder god. Yes. The pronunciation, I might butcher, so I apologize, but it's Tithon. Yeah. And when she was an infant... He basically blessed her and gave... She's, she's his avatar, basically. So the reason she has chaos magic is because she was in the right or wrong place at the right time, depending on how you view it. So the fact that she's reading that book in that mountain where that possible elder god may or may not reside, depending on what the MCU chooses to do, could set up a whole a whole new ball game. So that wraps up our WandaVision uh, season uh review we hope you guys enjoyed listening to us for however long this is i think almost two hours probably our longest podcast ever uh we will see you guys uh every week for our regular podcast and then when falcon winter soldier starts up we'll do a weekly podcast for that uh you can catch us at astonishing nr on instagram and twitter and definitely check out our youtube channel at astonishing news and reviews we do a lot of action figure reviews there and we're going to be doing a whole more stuff Besides action figures, we're going to be looking at movies and TV shows in there. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We hope we entertain you. That is our goal. And we will catch you uh, the next time we drop a podcast. So make sure you go to all of our platforms and look for our podcast, Spotify, iTunes, etc. So have a good morning. Have a good day. Have a good night. Take care. <laughs>